Good morning. How is everybody today? Feeling good? Isn't God amazing? Woo! Listen, I'm going to try to stick to my notes, but just as we are worshiping God, this is, this is why it's so important to, to just remind ourselves that all of our plans are great, but God's plans are better. And uh, so this morning, I'm going to try to stick to my notes, but there are a couple things that we're going to get into, so I apologize to uh, our, our lovely gentleman running the screen. Do your best to follow me. Uh, we're going to get there. Um, so in regards to Strong, there is still time to sign up. Uh, we initially, this is our very first men's conference. If you're uh, newer here at Life Center, we have never actually done a men's conference here at Life Center before. And so this is our inaugural. This is our very first one. And uh, we were praying that we would have about 300 men who would look at this and say, yes, that is something that I'm interested in. And I'm excited to tell you that as of this morning, uh, Michael Sullivan, our amazing tech guy out in Orleans has let us know that we have 334 guys signed up. Over 60 of those are students, which is amazing, like so exciting. I know Pastor Sam and uh, his teams are going to have so much fun. But since God has already shattered our expectations, we are asking God for more. So maybe we have 400 by the time we hit uh, November 3rd. So there is still time to sign up. We definitely encourage you to be a part of this. It's going to be a great opportunity. One of the fun things for me is even as we began showing that video that we just showed, when we first showed it, I only knew two people uh, that were actually a part of that video, me myself being new, and over the last three months, I now know six of them. And that could be you too, right? I know you think they're Hollywood actors. They're real people, right? And they're going to be out strong. It's amazing. And uh, so it's just, it just for me, just reiterates the, uh, one of the core points of what it is that we're doing is that we are not interested in just filling a building on Sunday, but we want to be a church. In the church, we know each other. That's the goal. And so this morning, we are so excited to invite you in to Becoming Heart Strong. We are stepping in to the book of John this week. Whoa. Amazing. I mean, I love the book of Luke. It is one of my favorites, but we this week are going to be passing out of Luke and into the book of John. And the book of John is actually a really, really important book for us as believers. This is widely considered kind of the introductory book uh, that you would point people to if they are first coming to know Jesus. It's something that uh, people have said before that it's safe enough for a child to paddle through, but it's deep enough for an elephant to swim in. In fact, Tom Wright puts it like this. He says, John wants us to see his book as the story of God and the world, not just the story of one character or one place and time. In Genesis 1, the climax is the creation of humans. In God's image, and sorry, the climax is the creation of humans in God's image. In John 1, the climax is the arrival of a human being. The world become flesh. Thank you, God. And so whether you are here this morning and you're rattle, ready to just paddle through John, or if you're ready to swim, let's dive in and see a really, really, really important chapter, a really, really important uh, verse of Jesus after he converses in John with a man by the name of Nicodemus. He begins to travel from that place, sends his disciples off, and he meets a certain woman by a certain well. John chapter 4 verse 47 says this, 
And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Give me a drink. This is one of my absolute favorite stories in the Bible. If you've never uh, journeyed with us through this story before, welcome. This is an incredible example of who Jesus is, of why God sent his son for such a time as this. Samaria and, and the Jewish people, they did not get along. Uh, it's actually really interesting. It's not until the end of the story that we really see how opposed uh, the Jewish people are to the people of Samaria, uh, to the Samaritans, because at the end of the story, you'll see that the disciples come back onto the scene and they're kind of appalled that Jesus is even conversing with this woman. They were not supposed to engage. They did not like each other, uh, especially someone of Jesus' caliber, a teacher, a rabbi. It would have never have been uh, cordial or considered acceptable for someone of his stature and his level of theology and study to be conversing with a Samaritan, let alone a woman of Samaria. Not only should Jesus not have been talking to this woman, but this woman actually shouldn't have even been there to be spoken to. You'll see in those verses that we just read that it was about the sixth hour of the day, meaning it was about noon. And uh, if you've ever been alive, you'll know that noon is the hottest part of the day. Right? All my people who are alive, right? You with me? Okay, so if you've been alive, you'll know that noon is about the hardest hour of the day. And so a lot of people who were tasked with getting water from a well, they would never come when the, when the sun was at its apex. In fact, Jesus should have went to this well assuming that no one was going to be there. But I want to encourage you this morning Church, that God knows your story, and he's always ready to meet you right there. And so this woman, from what we understand, just from looking at the cultural phenomena of the time of what it was that was socially acceptable, we see that she has come with intention not to be seen. She has stepped into this moment uh, to make sure that she is not surrounded with other people who would have been tasked with the same thing that she was. Even approaching the well must have been a, a little difficult for her, seeing that Jesus was there, seeing that they were coming to this place at the same time. And so Jesus steps into this moment and does something unspeakable within his cultural uh, climate. He speaks to her. He says, Give me a drink. Church, what is it this morning that God is asking you for? This morning, we sensed and just had that pull, and I want to just thank each and every one who responded in your own way to what it was that God was doing in this place today. See, when we hear God speak and we respond, he is quick to act. Amen? Wasn't it incredible? Just taking that step out of our seats today, I saw people in the aisles, in the back, people just all across the front. It changed the atmosphere of this service. 
We had gotten out of our beds this morning. Most of us had showered before we came out. Hallelujah. Right? We stepped into this place. There was already this act of obedience. We had already set aside our day to say, okay, today I will go to church. But we stepped into this place and Jesus said, what about one more step? Could you come and meet with me in this place? Jesus extends this invite to this woman. He says, will you give me a drink? Church, what is it that God is asking us for in this hour? Earlier in the book of John, if you haven't read it yet, you will this week. John makes two things about Jesus very clear. Number one, the darkness never overcomes the light. John 1.5. Number two, the light is for everyone. I'm say that again. The darkness never overcomes his light, John 1.5, and his light is for everyone. I think it's so important for us to remember that today. As our world wants to continue to show us how dark it is out there, church, we need to be reminded ourselves so that we can remind those around us that when God's light steps in, it casts out all darkness. There is a power that is in the name of Jesus. There is a power that is in the person and the understanding of who Jesus is. And Jesus speaks in this earthly earthly vocabulary. He speaks to this Samaritan woman. He says, will you give me a drink? But congregation, I want to encourage you today that as God speaks, let us not just hear with earthly ears. Jesus speaks with this earthly understanding. He says, will you give me a drink? And the Samaritan woman, he hears her and, and, and she, she looks to the well and, and she says, okay, like he wants water. But when Jesus is speaking, it's not just with an earthly voice. There's heavenly intention behind what God is calling you to today. There is heavenly intention behind what God is calling you to today. John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Such an amazing insight here that God gives us is that as, as, as this woman is, is, is contemplating what it is that she's to do and, and how it is that she's supposed to give him a drink and why even some rabbi would be talking to her as she's contemplating these thoughts, Jesus takes it one step deeper and says, if you knew who it was, you would understand that it's not even you who needs to give the drink, but you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. I want to read you the rest of those verses today because I think it's so powerful. In verse 15, it says, the woman said, sir, no, sorry, in verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, I tell you this, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become a spring of living water, welling up to eternal life. Hallelujah. 
Church, trusting God means learning that he has something greater to give to you today. When he asks for something for you, from you. Jesus presented this woman with an opportunity to have her life changed. As she begins to engage with Jesus, we see this back and forth take place. She says in verse 15, Sir, then please give me this living water. And Jesus begins to move in her life. And we see that that there's hesitation at the beginning of the story of of she's not quite sure how to talk to Jesus. But Jesus just comfortably enters into that moment and begins to converse with her. And and she says, Sir, would you give me this living water? And her life in that instant begins to change and transform. It's not until this portion of the scripture where Jesus says, well, why don't you go and, and, and bring your husband out? I'm sure he'd love to meet me too. Such a curious thing to say, even as you read it for the first time, you're like, what? Okay, Jesus. She immediately turns to him and says, oh, I, I don't have a husband. He says, that's right. You answer correctly. See, you don't have one husband. You've actually had five. And the person that you're currently with isn't your husband at all. Jesus begins to unravel to her and to us also why this woman would have been at the well at noon. In her culture, she would have been held in, 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 in scorn and, and she wouldn't have been trusted and there's different things that are taking place in, in the midst of this, but I just love the fact that God meets with her as she is. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't open the conversation with that, amen? I love that Jesus doesn't go straight to where it is that that she is at fault, straight to where it is where, where her weakness is, but instead he just reveals himself for who he is and engages with her right in that moment. Church, I want to encourage you today that God wants to meet with you this morning right where you are. For some of us, he already has. For some of us, you're hearing the story and God was already whispering into your heart this morning. He's already speaking to your soul this morning of just how important you are to him. I didn't have this plan, but I want to just do something a little different this morning. As you heard, Nathan is uh, he's up in, in helping our junior highs today. And I just, I just credit that young man for what he pours into our community and our congregation. But I have the opportunity to close the service this morning. And so we're going to, and we're going to do it in a, in a unique way. Jesus points out what it is that's going on in the Samaritan's life. And I'm sure in that moment, she's a little like, where is it going now? I, I thought he was going to give me living water. Maybe he's just the same as everyone else. But instead of condemning her for her sin, he leads her to a path of freedom. And there's this beautiful moment that we see in the Samaritan story where she didn't want to see anybody. She didn't want to be seen by her own people. She shows up at the well at noon in order to be avoided and Jesus steps into that moment 
And after an encounter with God, everything that she was terrified of, everything that she didn't want in her life, where does she go to once Jesus releases her from that conversation? She runs straight back into her city. She runs straight back into the people that she was avoiding with that desperation to tell them of the freedom that this rabbi had just established in their life. See, church, not only does God want to set you free, but he wants your freedom to be that path that others can walk on to reach him as well. Not only does God want to set you free this morning, Somebody just needs to receive that today because I truly believe even as we are worshiping that there are are those this morning who you know Jesus, but those shackles are just so hard to shake off. I believe that God wants to set people free in this place today. But I want to encourage you that it's not just for your freedom that he will set you free. Just as he did. When that little boy brought, brought those, 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 those little fishies and, and those loaves. And the Savior prayed over them and multiplied what it, little it was that this boy had to give so that 5,000 people could eat. Church, I want to encourage you that the miracle that he wants to do in your life is so that it can be multiplied time and time and time again for the glory of his kingdom. That through Christ you will be free so that all others can also experience that freedom. So one of the biggest lies that the enemy has for us this morning is that you're the only one going through what it is that you're going through. It's one of the biggest deceits. It's this this desire for the enemy to try to uh, isolate you and to make you uh, sense that feeling of loneliness, to sense that feeling of abandonment. But I want to let you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're praying for God into, maybe you're here this morning, you're like, it's just loneliness for me. I just want to know that there are people who are on my side. There are other people in this room that are either also praying into that or have seen freedom in that place. Maybe you're here this morning and you're struggling with addiction. Pornography is is just rampant across our culture. I want to let you know this morning that you're not alone. Statistics would tell us that you're not alone. But there are people in this room that maybe aren't just struggling with what you're struggling with, but there are people in this room who I know who've experienced freedom in that area who have seen God miraculously step into a situation that they didn't have any control over and God stepped in and set them free, brought them together with brothers and sisters who could also share the story of how Jesus is the priority and keeping your eyes on him as you join together in love. There's freedom available there. Maybe you're here this morning, you've been struggling with depression or anxiety. Maybe grief has been locking you down. Maybe you're here this morning and it's not even your own struggle, but it's something that someone has said or has done to you and you just feel the shackles. You just, it's so hard for you to trust. It's so hard for you to reach out. Even in the midst of a group of believers this morning, you're finding it difficult to really reach out to God because you've been betrayed so many times before. Church, I want to let you know that God died on the cross. Jesus died so that we could live free. 
And I believe that God wants to move in freedom across this place. I've told you many times, and I'll continue to tell you because you, it's such a big part of my story. I worked with youth for over a decade, and I love young people. The older we get, the harder it is for us to really change, right? But my favorite thing about young people is that they're willing to step into a moment with God and step out of that just completely different. <laughs> just like, yep, that's fine. I guess this is me now, right? And they're just running with it. I had one student who had this really deep love for God. His name was Victor. But he found it really hard to tell his friends about who he was. Just that, that, that sharing of the gospel, he just... He knew who God was. He knew that God wanted to do it, but he just didn't know how. And so we were at a retreat one time and same type of message about Jesus meeting uh, the Samaritan at the well, that God sees where it is that you're struggling and he can meet you right there. And Victor went to the front and, and, and asked God, God, would you set me free of this fear? Would you set me free of this anxiety? I just want to tell my friends about you. So the Sunday before we left, Victor pulls me aside. He's like, Mitch, I really feel like God is calling me to be bold. I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Definitely, right? He's like, no, like really bold. I'm like, okay, what? Like how bold? Like let's, like what are we doing here? He's like, I'm going to take my saxophone to school on Monday. I'm like, okay. People love music. That's great. He's like, and, and you know, at my school and when it's lunchtime, we all go to the cafeteria and there's a stage. I was like, okay. And he said, here's my plan. And so on Monday, he walked into his school. And as everybody was eating their food, he closed his container of spaghetti that his mom had made him that day. Pulled his sacks, went up to the front, sat up on the stage and began playing Amazing Grace. Now, if you've ever been in a high school before, you'll know that there's nothing more awkward than a group of high school students all together. And when one high school student begins to just play a saxophone, the awkwardness just causes everybody in the room to like, they're like melting in their seats for him. So he makes it through Amazing Grace, puts a saxophone down, and tells everybody sitting there about the gospel. Three days later, 10 people came up to him and thanked him for what it was that he shared. That Friday, I talked to Victor and he said, you know, I, I felt really good about what God did in that moment. But then I got down from the stage and nobody said anything. Tuesday, everybody kind of looked at me funny and I was only assuming what they were thinking. But it wasn't until Wednesday that people actually came up and started to share about their experience with God and how they had been raised in, in a church, but had never really sensed God there. Church, I want to encourage you that when God calls you to move, when he sets you free, it's for a purpose. And your job is not to stand on the results of what it is that he's called you to, but just be obedient in the faithfulness that God is calling you to. Still to this day, there are people that reach out to this young man. Because you just don't forget something like that. Talking about how, you know what, 10 years later, God showed up in my life. I go to church now and I have a fit. Like, it's just incredible. And so this morning, why do I say that? Because I am going to call this room to boldness today. 
but we're not going to base this morning off of results. We're going to base this morning off of obedience. Because in our obedience to Christ, we can find freedom. And so this morning, we're going to pray freedom across this room today. And we're going to ask God to move in a fresh new way. And church, I want to encourage you, if you see God move in that area of your life, I encourage you to tell somebody, get into one of our life groups, find a community. God can set you free in the moment, but it's going to take a community to encourage and breathe life into you to really help you to walk out that freedom. Or maybe this morning you're going to respond and you're not going to find your freedom directly in this moment, but God is beginning to tug on your life. He's beginning to call you into that deeper relationship with him because freedom is his purpose. Amen? Freedom is his purpose. Amen? So the results today are not the point. The point is, is that we know who it is that we follow and freedom is for us because we stand on victory side. So if you respond to this call today and don't experience that freedom, then I want to encourage you to get into a small group, get into a life group, reach out to loved ones and friends and family because God wants you to live free so that others may live free through what God does in your life. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. Just dedicate this moment to God. And then I'm going to begin to call out different things. And as I'm calling things out, you are free to stand up. If there's something in your life, you don't have to wait for me to call it out. If you're here this morning, you would like to experience freedom, you can go ahead and stand up. And then we're going to close in prayer this morning, and we're going to ask God to set us free in this place. So can we pray? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, I thank you for each and every one of us that are here this morning. And God, we just position this room, Lord God, as our well. God, we have gotten up this morning. We have come to church. Lord, we have worshiped. We have already seen you move in power. But Lord God, right now we hear you ask that question. Give me a drink. God, the Samaritan woman didn't know who it was at the time that was speaking, but we do. Father, we hear your voice. We hear your voice saying, let me in. We hear your voice saying, make me your king. We hear your voice this morning, God, saying, seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus, we hear your voice, God, asking us to put everything else away, to elevate you to that place of exalted position in our life where it's you first and you alone, God. We hear you today. And so, God, in response, we say, God, would you give us living water? God, would you set us free today? God, these areas that the enemy has, has, has been deceiving and, and has falsely been declaring that he is bigger, has falsely been declaring his victory, in Jesus' name, we come against that right now. And God, we speak against these lies and we tear down the walls and the gates of the enemy this morning. And by your name, God, we begin to push the darkness back by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we call those areas what they are. Lord Jesus, that we have victory in those areas through your name through the blood that was shed on the cross for us this morning Lord Jesus I pray that you would set the captive free 
And so God, this morning in church at this point, I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to experience freedom, before I even say anything, you have it and you're like, I know, you go ahead and stand. We're going to pray this morning for freedom over pornography. We're going to ask God that he would tear down the walls of this entire system that has been set up to demean the image of God. These people, these individuals bear the image of God. And so right now I ask God that with that Lord, that we would come against the spirit of pornography. God, we come against depression in this room today. God, we come against anxiety in this room today. God, I come against the spirit of loneliness in this room today. Lord, that we wouldn't be surrounded by believers and have that sense of loneliness in our hearts. We come against it in Jesus' name. God, I come against the spirit of betrayal. God, I come against, Lord Jesus, uh, the, that lie of the enemy that says, because it happened once, it will happen again. God, I pray that trust would rise in this place. God, that our feet would be set on your solid ground. God, I come against sickness this morning. I come against sickness, Lord Jesus, that not everyone can see. Things like 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 bulimia and, and, and different different uh, um, different just 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 mental attacks that come against us, Lord Jesus, that affect our bodies. God, we come against those right now. God, I speak against the spirit of cancer this morning. Declare freedom, Lord God, from cancer this morning. God, I stand on this stage and in front of our church this morning. I come against the spirit of racism this morning, God. Lord God, that there would not be one in this room, Lord Jesus, that would be shackled, Lord God, that would be tied down, Lord God, but instead, Lord Jesus, let us, let the world see that you have created beautiful things, God that we are all made in your image, God, and may we rejoice and lift up one another, God. Come against that, that would step in and try to separate, God. God, come against the spirit of failure. Lord, those in this room who just don't believe that they can ever succeed, God, set them free this morning. And God, all things unspoken today that are heavy on our loved one's hearts, we step in that gap this morning and we speak boldness. And so God, over each and every one of these areas today, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, he who died on the cross for our sins, whose blood was poured out for us, who breathed his last and said, it is finished. Holy Spirit, we call those words to ring true again. God, that these areas would fall off of our loved ones today. God, let them be free in Jesus' name today. God, we believe, Lord Jesus, that not only did you die, but that you were risen again on the third day. And so this morning, Lord God, for those that are standing in our midst today, we pray resurrected life on them today. Lord Jesus, I pray that they would breathe afresh, that they would breathe anew, God, that all the weight of that past would fall off right now now. God, we ask for forgiveness. We repent from those areas. Lord God, that we need to repent. We turn and we walk towards you and you alone. God, in those areas that are just sitting on us, in Jesus' name, I command them to be gone right now. We pray freedom this morning across this room. Jesus. 
oh God, by the power that you have invested in us as your representation here on earth at this time. God, we seal that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that no lies of the enemy would prevail this morning, but God, that we would step freely, Lord Jesus, into the life that you have carved out today. May we go and tell somebody about who you are today. May we rejoice in that freedom this morning, God. God, I pray that we would gather together and lift each other up, Lord God, that we would not settle for being slaves to the things that you have set us free from. But instead, Lord God, that we would hear you call, give me a drink. Recognize, God, that we have the opportunity to say, yes, God, give me that living water. And so we ask that today in your holy name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Church, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer team will be here up at the front. If you need to go, please feel free. Uh, Enjoy the weather. Pray it doesn't snow. We don't need that yet. Um, But honestly, from my heart to you, thank you, thank you, thank you for permitting us to do that this morning, to follow the Holy Spirit lead. We love you, and we are declaring freedom across this place. If you're here today, again, I want to encourage you. I had to do this all the time with my youth. We'd walk into these Holy Spirit moments and God wouldn't show up in the way that we were expecting and I would do all this counseling afterwards and I just want to encourage you that you shouldn't exit a space like this feeling worse than when you stepped in. If you're sensing that, I encourage you to come and speak with our prayer team and allow them to just pray one level deeper with you. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Come on. For the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So you just rise up this morning. You take back that ground that the enemy is trying to lie to you. Oh, God will never, oh, you'll never. Yes, he will. And yes, he does. And yes, he is in this moment. And you just continue to declare and you continue to ask God for that living water until you see the shackles fall off. Amen.